you are in for a really big treat today. We are going way back into my past and meeting one of my best friends from college. We did everything together in those formative days. I was there when she was baptized and she was even in my wedding. Since then, we both have gone in different directions. I have obviously pursued fitness and nutrition coaching and she has pursued art. But our hearts are just eternally woven together with the same passion to see women experiencing wholeness in their body and mind, to be creative, to not have the pressure of expectations and the demands of perfectionism and to be filled with grace to just take a breath and to do the things that are truly life-giving for the soul. So I know it might seem odd that I have an artist on the show today, but you're quickly going to realize that it's not bizarre at all. Sarah Simon is the artist and author at The Mint Gardener. She creates and teaches lush watercolors inspired by the diverse variety of herbs and flowers and trees that she grows in her garden. Her botanical work is absolutely stunning. Her teaching has received worldwide attention and she continues to teach thousands of people how to watercolor and has made it such an approachable and enjoyable form of art form both for the experienced and the novice alike. So I cannot wait to introduce you to one of my best friends, Sarah. Welcome to the Strong Mamas podcast, where we're talking about our fitness and food choices as moms in real life and in light of our faith as Christ followers. I'm your host, Megan Dahlman, and together we'll be exploring what it means to be a healthy, strong mama in the middle of a culture that's obsessed with vanity. This podcast is all about helping and equipping you to take better care of yourself and the ones you love. Well, Sarah, it is such a delight and an honor to have you on the show with us today. I'm so excited to, to see you, to chat with you. It's been way too long, so this is fun. So you and I go way back. Like way, way, way back. <laughs> I know. Um, like car chats in college is kind of like yeah. talking with you. It brings back really wonderful memories immediately. Just hearing your voice. I'm like, oh, I remember sitting at the UW or SVU campus and just talking for hours. It was so nice. I know. It was such a capsule time of life, you know, where you're a very certain type of person in college. And, and that's where you and I met and became best friends. And I mean, like it was this time of life that both of us were forming and becoming individuals and adults. And we did that together. And I was trying to think like, what, when did we first meet? I don't even really remember where, how we first met. I think it was through the in the, the college, um, ministry on the university of Washington campus. I think it was that right. Yeah. I think we were in a small group together. It was, mm -hmm. uh, you, all the other people in it were UW and mm -hmm. you were our SPU. I was the was straggler. Yeah. Hey, I'm so glad you joined though. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That's where I think we met. That's where we crossed paths the first time. So, yeah. Well, it's fun to see the different directions that we've gone and, you know, to, to see us circling back, you know, and I've, I always was into the fitness and nutrition side of things and, and to see you just blossoming in the artistry and in the art world has just been such a joy and so inspiring to watch. And I know that you inspire so many people. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with you because I think 
we, we tend to think, you know, health and fitness, it's all about those box checking things that we know to be health and fitness. And we forget about this other side of it, of just these creative outlets, um, that are so important for our health as well. So I would just love if just for a minute, cause I'm sure the listeners are like, what in the world are we talking about? If you could just give just a quick background on, um, on you and a description of what you do and your passion and, um, what the mint gardener is. So back in college, I mean, it actually is very relevant to our story. Um, art was something that I wanted to study, but I was the oldest of five kids and, uh, there was no paying bills in those days. If you graduated as an artist, or there wasn't a clear pathway and unless you were like maybe a business degree. And then it was like, oh, that made sense. So I went the sensible route and pursued business and economics, um, where my heart was always with art, but it wasn't until later, several years later, um, and I talk about this in one of my books, just kind of this pathway back to art. And it really, I had been creating my whole life, but I'd really put it on pause in college because like you said, it is kind of this microcosm of your life and it's so intense and so directed and there's so much pressure. Um, mm-hmm. So I just kind of put art and everything on the side because I didn't see a value in it. I couldn't exchange it for dollars. Mm-hmm. And at that in my life, that's what made the most sense to spend our time on. Right. Right. So I didn't understand that intrinsic value, like you just mentioned of creating for the sake of it and that beauty mm-hmm. and pursuing that and actually spending time for yourself to do that, that uh, mental health thing. Um, but you know, I, I actually ended up, so I ended up falling back into it. Literally. I broke my foot and sprained my ankle. Um, oh. I know it was, I was really bummed when it happened. Um, especially since, you know, even in college, you remember, we always would run and we would run. Yeah. And that was like the thing. And when you break your foot and sprain your ankle, it's like, okay, can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's definitely, you know, when you have to stop exercising for something like that, it's, it's a frustration. There's a frustrated feeling of being set back and just that, um, you know, all that, uh, energy you were able to yeah. get out in such a healthy way is all of a sudden that outlet's gone. So, yep. Yep. um, one of our other actually girls in our community group, Lauren, mm-hmm. uh, she, um, ended up taking me to the art store cause it was down the street and she was an art major yeah. and she's like, that's it. You're no longer wasting your time. You are painting cause you can't move. Um, and that was really my return back into art. And I did a surprise project for my now husband and he was my fiance then. And I painted him something and he's one of those people where he, if he discovers something in you, he's, he's like your biggest fan and he won't let you hide it under a rock. Um, we all need that person in our life. We all need that person. That's so good. I love it. Yeah. He really has been my biggest cheerleader. I mean, you know, he's my spouse and also my partner, my best friend, but he also drives me absolutely, you know, bananas. Um, (laughs) but he's so driven and the idea that I could paint and create, and then I wouldn't do it. It just boggled his mind. And he's like, no, you're doing this. And I'm like, well, I do, uh, you know, and he got me, you know, a can canvases and he was my first one that invested on my prints and my art. And he got me an easel. And I was kind of one of those artists. I was definitely like a closet artist. Like I would 
literally dragged my easel into the closet <laughs> when people came over. Cause I was like, I don't want to own this. This, it feels like this huge thing to say, Oh, I'm an artist. Um, did it feel kind of like it was just your like little girly side? Like, like yeah, kind of just immature, her. immature, maybe yeah. like, I, I just, it's just something I do. Don't worry about it. You know, like yeah, almost like you are like beating in the corner or, or like doing something that a little girl would do. Yeah. 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 It felt like I couldn't walk into the image. It felt like too presumptuous to say an artist. Sure. Since I was like, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. So yeah. Like you weren't like traditionally trained. No. Yeah. Right. And so that, you know, and that's always something interesting that I still wrestle with to this day, but I think in a way it's been, it's benefited my art and the world that I'm in because I am not traditionally or classically trained. Mm -hmm. So I'm able, there's a freedom there too, which is really fun to pursue. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that was kind of the return to it. So now, um, I paint all the time and really I started back into acrylics. Uh, but as I got married and had babies, um, the time got smaller and smaller yeah. and then, you know, you can't just say, Oh, I'll do it later. Just like exercise. It's like one of those things in your physical fitness or your, any type of thing you want to pursue, um, our days just get fuller and the world spins faster. So it's just like, okay, if I don't do this now, uh, I'll never do it. So I yeah. pursued watercolor because it was really one of those mediums that you could sit down for 15 minutes, then leave it and then come back a week later, an hour later, and it would be right there waiting for you just to pick it up. So okay. that's really where it started. And then I started sharing on Instagram and, you know, three books later and amazing, amazing um, journey that I've just, I just gotten to be a part of and watch. I feel like it's definitely taken on a life of its own. And that is the, my Instagram name is the mint gardener, which was a bit of a joke between my husband and I, because I don't, <laughs> you don't garden mint. If any <laughs> mint gardens, you, <laughs> yes. yeah. And often I feel that way with my art. It, I started my Instagram again, feeling like, Oh, I'll put art and my gardening on there because that right. feels safe. Um, but I wanted art to be something that was like mint where it was something that cultivated itself and would take over. And ironically, mm. you know, I didn't it realize did. how much that would be true. Yeah. Really yeah, cool. it did. I, I love that because you said so many things in there, you know, especially that imposter syndrome, I think every single woman feels that way in one form or, or another, we just always are exposed to incredible experts and because they're, we are surrounded by so many experts that are really, really good. They're geniuses at what they do. And when we start to try something that's new, we're like, well, I'm not good enough. And, and how could I possibly put this out there for other people to see? Like, you just kind of want to hide it in the closet. And I'm so glad that you didn't eventually, and you broke through. And I, I just love that. So why do you think that watercolor painting is resonating so much with women right now? And I mean, have you seen this dramatically increase over the last year too, just with everything that we've gone through as a whole? Yeah, it's, it is, it has, um, it's exploded. Um, maybe watercolor feels more approachable than the other arts. Mm -hmm. Um, 
there's, I think there's many reasons people have turned to watercolor. I mean, yes, with the way the world has shut down, um, I think people have realized that time is a bit more precious and maybe the ones that have, you know, grasped that and they've gone, okay, I'm going to use this time. I'm going to redeem this time to do something beautiful that I've always wanted to do since I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs, like it's Netflix or learn something. Right. Um, but watercolor is interesting because it's never been like all of the masters. Um, John Singer Sargent is one that comes to me often. He is one of the most incredible watercolor painters, but he is, was not known for his watercolor. And it was almost like he was an oil painter. It's always okay. oil. Oil's always like the legit medium. Yeah. I and feel like I, even as not an artist, I feel like that's my impression too. Like if you're going to be real deal, you're going to oil, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. It feels that way. It's like mm -hmm. you um, graduated. That's like what a real artist does, um, yeah. which I've never done oil, by the way. Uh, uh, but watercolor was a sketching medium. It was always like, okay, I need to capture something quickly and move on. Um, and so I think that maybe there was this less of a pressure that you have to be formally trained, uh, you know, to, to attempt watercolor. I think that's one of the reasons. Another reason is because watercolor can be, I mean, it can be so different depending on who is wielding that paintbrush. Mm. It can be light and airy and, you know, obviously across all the subject matters, but then, you know, you use a little bit heavier paint or you combine, you add some mixed media. Like I love to add the pen in and all of a sudden it takes on a completely different look. So oil often looks the same, you know, right. But when someone does it well, right. But when you watercolor, someone can do it well in so many different ways. Um, yeah, that, and maybe it's just because too, like I mentioned, when I started having babies and turned back to watercolors, it's, it's a quick medium. Yeah. So I like that. More, it feels approachable, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like I, like for me oil, I'm like, okay, I need to find a well-ventilated space. I'm going to need turpentine. Oh boy. Yeah. You can't yeah. do that. No. When you have little kids around. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. So you kind of have to like, I think that maybe watercolor fits into our fast paced world a little mm. bit better. You know, you don't have to sit yeah. down and do 50 hours on a masterpiece. You can get a sketchbook and it can come with you and you can, you know, as long as you've got a little bit of water, you can go wherever. Well, I'm, I'm thinking too, like for my own experience, which is so limited, the only times I've ever painted have been watercolor. Like I'm picturing the little Crayola, the <laughs> six, the six yeah. circles. And I think that's, why we have this almost like childlike connection maybe with watercolor where it's not so scary because even as the tiniest people, we were watercoloring and it was like this thing that, well, that's painting like that. I sure I know how to paint. Like that's, that's what we did. And so what a wonderful way to like revisit that again as an adult and be like, it's still it's still approachable. It's still not a scary thing. And just like we did it in first grade, you can do it again now. And it doesn't have to be the oils. I love that. Now botanicals. I mean, like your artwork is mostly botanicals. Um, is that approachable to like for someone who's just kind of starting out is the flowers and the foliage, like, is that a, a thing that is, is easier than other types of subject matter. What do you think? 
Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I would have said probably like six or seven years ago that florals just terrified me. Really? Oh yeah. I was so scared to paint flowers and it was really more like a need and necessity because I love painting leaves. Leaves came very natural to me. Um, mm. Maybe it was because, you know, we're surrounded by them in the Pacific Northwest and yeah. so many varieties of, and so many shades and tones of a green and to capture that within different paints is so exciting. Um, but yeah, the actual, a floral watercolor can be very daunting. Um, so it was kind of, it's funny how necessity, you know, it just kind of out of necessity, I'm painting all these leaves and I need some flowers. To go you need some other color than the green. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it really, um, I was teaching at this point and I could do flowers, but I wasn't like, I wouldn't say that that was my thing yet. I was, that was more like the days when Florence and her fascinations. Like uh -huh. I would draw that figure, I would draw a figure and then cover her in different watercolor subjects, like anywhere from chickens and cake and greenery, but yeah. I have the florals was something. So I, it took a lot of practice. Um, and now when I do teach classes on florals, I think the hardest thing to capture about a floral is that, that form of a flower translating that 3d into 2d. And mm -hmm. so what I do for my classes is I provide people with lines and okay. that's what I did with my new book too. It's yeah. like, okay, how can I make this the most easy and accessible way? So someone that, you know, either is, has been painting their whole life and just wants to have a mindful escape yeah. so they don't think about composing art. Mm -hmm. They just want to paint. They just want to watch paint and water flow. Um, or the person that has never picked up a paintbrush, or maybe the last time was like those little magic circles in kindergarten. Yeah. Uh, they can come to the page and they don't have to worry about drawing a flower because um, the form of a flower is the thing that, you know, cues our eye and our brain to go, oh, that's a flower. And as you're painting and trying to capture that form as well, there's that double challenge. Mm -hmm. So I would say it takes, you know, a decent amount of practice, but when you've got the lines already there, it's really your... 90% of the battle's done. As a mom, are you always trying to be the superhero in your own story? I bet you are, because that's what we do as moms, right? We're strong, we're mighty, but sometimes we're actually in a lot of pain. I can't tell you how many moms I chat with that live with ongoing low back and hip pain, things like sciatica and SI joint pain, and they don't totally realize it, but it's ruining their life. They can't even sleep well at night. They've tried the chiropractor and PT appointments, but those just add up. It's expensive and time consuming. And so many moms just learn to live with the pain and try to go on with their life. But you know what? I say enough of that. Your body deserves better. What you need is Backfix. It's my easy to follow program that gives you instant relief from the back and hip pain in less than 10 minutes a day. You've maybe seen these stretches before, but I can guarantee that you've never done them like this and in this combination. When I'm getting texts from friends that say, I don't have to take ibuprofen anymore, and I just did day one, and it stretched muscles that I've been trying to reach forever, well, that's pretty awesome, right? I wanna help you get rid of that pain and give you the simple tools to keep it that way forever. Whether you're 20, 40, 60 years old, don't try to be the superhero, okay? Not when it comes to your pain. Go to backfixsystem.com and let me help you get rid of that pain and start living your life. How do you feel that 
painting and just creativity in general plays a role in our self-care habits and how, how can it, I mean, obviously this is a self-care podcast, <laughs> you know, yeah. most of the time I'm talking about exercise. I'm talking about nutrition. I'm talking about rest and sleep and, and the things that feed our souls. And so I, I just love this other angle. And as the artist, how do you feel that painting and creativity in general, art, artistry, all of it plays, plays a role in our self-care? Yeah, no, it's been huge. I mean, art has always been something that I turned to. Um, and I don't know if I really understood why, um, but I just kind of assumed maybe I had a natural proclivity towards it, but I would argue, and you know, after reading enough Madeline Langle books, um, mm -hmm. you know, on creativity and just the idea that we are all made to be creative. Mm -hmm. It is just another outlet that humans are invited into just like, you know, we're given two legs and it's such a gift to be able to go and use them and run. Right. Um, you know, if you're given a hand, you can hold a paintbrush and mm -hmm. you can make it move. And I think that, uh, creativity is, it's a, it's a, it's almost like it's limited. It's like, Oh, I'm not creative. Or you're told really young that, you know, Oh, you're the artist of the family and there can only yep. be one. Um, and it just, it breaks my heart. And I think part of the reason I have loved doing these books and getting to share on Instagram is just the growing confidence in people as a whole seeing that they have never painted before in their life and they finally are retired and they can come to the table and paint no matter where they are. And it's, so the mind, the mindfulness of watercolor, um, I actually, uh, we have a book coming out. I worked with, um, I don't know if you know, Archer and Olive, it's Bonnie, um, mm. Bonnie Cole. She's fabulous. Okay. I know we're in different worlds. We're in different spectrums. Yeah. No, yeah. I love the collision here. It's great. Yeah. But that's exactly what it is. Like yeah. it's, um, so she does these beautiful bullet journals and for years we've been friends and, uh, collaborating on these gorgeous journals and she does these quarterly releases and she reached out, um, after we did a quarterly release last year and she's like, Hey, what do you think about doing like a mindfulness journal? Mm. So we take this idea, bullet journaling is another thing that people really do for like a mental health. Like, here's what I have to do. Let's make it pretty while we're at it. Yes. Um, it's amazing. Right. It's just like what you're doing. Right. It's like, have to but let's do it beautifully and well, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're doing this book and the idea is these exercises are actually, they all call into like an art therapy idea, but mm. even just scribbling on a page, there's that, again, it's that release of energy and tension. Um, it's a really incredible thing that happens. I think it's like we slow down we turn off technology. Um, we're using a different part of our brain than we're used to. So it gives the other side a nice break. Yeah. Um, the connection between what you're feeling and what can come out of your hand, there's a, a communication that happens. Um, my husband and I were actually just talking about this yesterday. He's like, have you noticed you don't need to speak as much? He's like, because our, our nine-year-old is just a jabberwocky. The child. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, it's like okay. incessant. And yeah. I'm like, let's just go on our walk right now and observe. And Colin's like, you're doing that because you want to 
look at the colors and the leaves and (laughs) see how they're moving and take notes. And I'm like, absolutely. It's almost this idea that when you're creating, you start to look at the world a little bit differently because you know, you're taking these mental pictures and bringing them home. Yeah. Um, So you're quiet more. There's a quietness and that is an amazing thing for mental health. For sure. I, as you're saying that it's reminding me, um, so my husband, Scott, he loves to golf. Like that is his outlet. Like golfing is his thing. And one of the reasons why it's his favorite and and it's so stress relieving to him is because when he is golfing, he is thinking about nothing else. Like he's not thinking about work. He's not thinking about struggles like family struggles or finance struggles or anything. Like it is only the golf. Like he's thinking about his next shot. He's thinking about his club. Like, and I feel that painting and drawing and anything is, is kind of like that. Like, you're just thinking about what is the next color I'm going to use? How do I want to blend this? What is it? How is this taking form? How is it taking shape? And it's so focused, but it's not numbing, you know, because I think we, we find that with trying to find the, the right level of rest, we should be doing something that's numbing, that's numbing us, you know, like zone out where it's almost like actually to find a deepest, our deepest level of rest. It's not to numb out or to zone out. It's to, to be focused on something that is patient and requires our full attention in a really soothing way. Yeah. It's like an intentional pursuit. Like I, I, it makes me sad that the word work has become so synonymous with like Mm. pain and suffering and, you know, toil, right? Like we work really hard when we play golf or we work really hard when we're painting, like it's just a different type of work. And I think it's really good. Like you said, for our brains to just to not numb out. Like there are days, there are moments when you're like, okay, I just got a zone and I get that. But there's a, there's a feeling of satisfaction that you've been productive in something Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't have to necessarily be a checklist, right? It's this idea that I showed up today. I showed up for myself. I, I painted something pretty, Like I remember the days and I'd have like 10 minutes and I'd be just staring at my desk, like across the room as as I was changing diapers or dishes. I was like, Oh, I just want to go and paint something. And I remember I'd get there and I'd paint it out and I'd put it up on the wall. I just like with a little clothespin. I had that against my wall forever. And I could walk past it for days and feel that sense of satisfaction, just going, Hey, it's not perfect, but I did that. I did that. I did that. You know, I, I think especially for young mothers, like, because that's when that blossomed for you was in this season where you feel like you're not accomplishing anything. You are just surviving. You're keeping people alive. You're trying to keep yourself alive. And you Mm -hmm. feel like anything that's passionate or extra is to like, it's, it's overwhelming actually to try to do anything more than just survival. And so to have those spare moments of 10 minutes here and, and then to be able to enjoy the blessings of that all week long of walking by, it's kind of like working in your garden. You know, I love even the simple act of weeding a flower bed. You walk by it and you're like, I did that. That looks so good. And I will find myself just staring at my flower beds and Scott will be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just wanted to notice how I weeded that yesterday. And it just 
good. <laughs> it does. And I think that those are like, those are good works. Yes. You know, like that feels good. Yeah. Um, but you said something about uh, how it feels overwhelming and it does. It feels overwhelming to even, it's like decadent and right. then strangely almost guilt inducing because mm-hmm. you could be doing something that's like quote unquote productive, like washing bottles or folding laundry. Uh, no joke. When we left for vacation, I left about four loads of laundry on the couch. I just ran out of time. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's more important that I paint today yeah. and I have energy than folding. But it has taken me years to give myself that permission. Yeah. And I watch my kids run outside and they've got wrinkly shirts. And I'm like, well, oh well, we painted today and it yeah. felt so good. And I think it's that giving yourself permission. Now we give ourselves permission to turn off the TV and go to bed because we know we're supposed to go to bed. Yeah. We give ourselves yeah. permission to eat well. We're like, okay, I'm going to spend a little bit more on the grocery bill and I'm going to get organic. Um, and we give ourselves those permissions, but for some reason, it is so hard to give ourselves permission to be creative. Mm. It's this idea where like, oh, I can't sell cards or this is just a hobby. I can't, <laughs> can't do it. You know, yeah. it's like, I'm not going to make any money. So it's not valuable. So then you feel guilty. And um, I think as a culture, it seems like we are starting to get away from that. And I can see that people seeing it self-care and taking 15 to 20 minutes a day to just sketch or paint quickly, even in, you know, in a workbook, like it's, yeah. um, but it is, it's a mental hurdle. It's a really interesting, it's like, it feels like you spend so much time feeling guilty about it, that if you just sat down and did it, mm-hmm. you would have spent less time thinking about it. Oh, totally. Well, and I think every aspect of our self-care, we, we talk ourselves out of because it really has gotten to be, I mean, at the same time as it's gotten super popular, it's also gotten like unpopular at the same time. Like, well, it is yeah. selfish. I don't want to carve out this time to do. There's so many other things I should be doing as a mom. I should be doing this or should be doing it. And this is just going to take the play. And there are so many conversations I've had with moms that they're like, I literally cannot do 10 minutes of a workout. I'm like, you can, you can, it's, it's 10 minutes, 10 minutes of sitting down and painting. You can, and that's not decadent. It's not, um, it's not selfish. It's not, you're not shirking your responsibilities by doing that thing. And what it is doing is that it's reviving your soul and, and giving you this moment of, I can still create, I can still create beauty and accomplish something that I can be proud of that blesses me and blesses other people too. Yeah. And you become a better person. Like, I yeah, like, I would be such a happier, nicer mom when I had spent those 15 minutes or just like even walking Mm -hmm. past that piece. I mean, it just be like, okay, I, there's an identity piece that can get so lost very easily. I mean, even if you know, you're just like full-time working and your job is, you know, it's awesome. Most people can work, you know, more people can work from home now, not most more, but it, almost the work boundaries have gotten the work-life balance has become much more blurred since we yeah. don't leave the house. Right. Right. And that identity can easily be lost into a bigger pool of demand. And that's very much like being a new mom or any type of new role that you take on that just, it becomes all consuming. And it, 
And I just don't think we're our best selves when we're all consumed in something. Um, even art, right? I have to right. take, I have to take breaks, even though it is life giving for me, I have to take breaks. I have to make myself go run. Yeah. I, you know, I'm like, okay, I love to run, but the idea that I could be doing something else is another excuse. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I do. There is something very, um, something worthy of the work, right. Showing up for the work that's whether it's exercise or just drawing and it, it makes you feel really good. And then you're a better person and then you're kinder to everyone around you. And I'm like, if that means my kids are on iPads for a little bit longer today, mm-hmm. but I'm nicer when we're all making dinner. Right. I think that's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. So for those of us who have no idea how to really get started <laughs> on, you know, maybe, maybe this is okay. The listener listening right now, mom is listening and she's like, I just, I, I love this idea, but I'm not an artist. You know, I can't, I can't paint. I've, yeah. I can never, as soon as I touch pencil or pen to paper, it turns into ugliness. Mm-hmm. I mean, wh- what would you say to her that's thinking that right now? Yeah. Well, that's your inner critic. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately they are always along for the ride, but the inner critic is there because we all want to do well. Yeah. Right? But we would all agree that there's, there's, this is twofold. We all want to do well and we expect to do well really fast. And if not, we give it up. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other part of it is we all want to do well, but it has to be um, something that we're willing to work for. And it's this constant battle. Right. Right. Um, So what I would tell that person is welcome. You're not alone. (laughs) There's a lot of us out there. Um, I used to be that mom. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember wandering into the art store with a kid on my front pack feeling like, so I didn't know any of the lingo, um, completely lost. And I remember I was going to mix my own paint. And when I went to check out the guy looks at me, he goes, so you have a mask at home. And this was pre COVID days. And And he's like, yeah, these chemicals, if you were to inhale them, you'd probably give yourself lung cancer. And I'm like, Whoa, okay. I don't know what I'm doing. Can someone please help me? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So Yes. So just to say we've all been there, but, um, so the book, my most recent book that I have out, watercolor workbook mm-hmm. is literally designed for that. So the paper inside the workbook is watercolor paper. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about buying paper that is checked off the list. You don't have to know how to draw because my lines are already printed on the paper. You don't need to know what steps to take because the instructions are really there, really simple. And I had to really pair them back and make them one, two, three, because we were at a page limit. I wanted yep. more art. Yep. <laughs> so like, okay. Um, and the list of supplies, I like to make it very accessible. You do not need an expensive, you know, animal squirrel paintbrush. You no. need a $5 paintbrush that that's what I use. I use student grade everything because I want this art. I want people to be able to look at my feed and go, Oh, we're using exactly the same materials. Mm -hmm. I can get there. Yeah. I do that. Um, and that's, that's what, so the book it's, I literally just posted, um, two, three days ago. Uh, cause I get it a lot. It's like, how do I even begin? Like, Mm -hmm. 
do I even start? Because it's so overwhelming. So I, I suggest the book. When you get the book on one of the first pages, it tells you you need a paintbrush, a few paints, and a pen if you want it. The pen's optional, and that's all you need. It's beautiful. And I have this book. I mean, I remember I have flipped through the pages and I'm like, I can so do this. Like, I'm going to do this. And that's when you have a good coach, like that's what makes it feel more approachable. And I really appreciate your stories of your own imposter syndrome, because I think it does make it more approachable. Like if you were someone that was like a college professor that has like multiple accolades and degrees in artistry, like everybody would still, there would still be this chasm like, well, yeah, but it's still you like you're, you, you know, it's still, it's hard for me still. And, and that's something that I've tried to do with the jumpstart 30 program is, um, you know, just give people these baby steps of just drink a glass of water at lunch today. Like that's all you need to do. And each day we just stack one more habit. And it's interesting watch like looking through your watercolor book, where some, if they literally start on the first one and just slowly work their way to the end, the, the elaborate design that gets created at the very end without being overwhelmed in the process, it's just like coaching and other, it's just like training. It's that you start with the simplest, most doable, the, the most approachable thing, the least overwhelming thing. And you just gradually add on and gradually go more and more. And it's the best, best way to go because every single one of us have an area in our lives that we do not excel at. It does not come naturally to us. We might think, well, I'm not the artist. I can't do this. I can't draw. I can't paint. I can't work out. I can't eat healthy. It's like, well, you might think that now, but don't lower your expectations of what an artist actually means or what someone who works out, like actually what that actually means and just start put pen to paper, put brush to paper and see where it goes. Yeah. And the starting is always the hardest part, but knowing, like you said, like just drinking a glass of water every day at lunch, people are like, I can do that. Yeah. And by showing up and taking that first step, that's like so much of the battle right there. And then you gain that confidence. You're like, okay, I've done that. I can do the next one because I did the first one. Mm -hmm. I just think that that, and then we just keep cycling and that that's honestly how art grows is you learn one technique and then you practice it and then you learn another and you combine them and you're like, oh my gosh. And watercolor is really like three or four techniques. Yeah. Just repeating them over and over. Right. Right. Um, And it really can be something that it's, it's worthy of our time to learn and express because we're worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. Just like exercise. It's like, we're all given the same amount of time every day. Yeah. And just, you know, and I think the other thing too, that I struggle with the most is like, if I don't show up one day, the habit's broken and just like the beating myself up of like, oh, like I, I worked so hard for a week and now I'm off and I probably have to start all over. Yeah. (laughs) Just that feeling of it. And like, I do that often with exercise. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, I actually, right now, um, from having babies, I thought for sure I'd given myself, I'd done something to my hip and I'd self-diagnosed myself with, let's just keep in mind. I was an economics major that does art now. And I was convinced I had bursitis, like Mm. absolutely convinced my hip was killing me. But the weird thing was every time I rested, it wouldn't get better. Mm -hmm. 
And so I was like, then I get so frustrated and I would just run and it would hurt again. But um, I finally went to physical therapy after two and a half years. Uh, yeah. It's five minutes from my house, but <laughs> that was too hard. That was too hard for me. It's too difficult to get there. I know. Yeah, I know. We all do this. We all, we all do oh, this. It's like me is. getting my haircut. Like it'll take me 10 months to like, go get it cut again. Like it's yeah. yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. And, but it was kind of, it took my husband, you know, a few years ago being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis to like, Oh, like I might actually have to pull my stuff together and take care of people. And then, um, Savannah, my five-year-old nine weeks ago was diagnosed with type one diabetes. Wow. Yeah. So it was like, Oh, um, if I don't take care of myself, yeah, who's gonna take care of my babies? Wow. So it there's a lot there, right? But yeah. I finally went and took care of myself, and I I think too there's a little bit of fear, like going to a doctor um, or PT or anyone of a medical profession, just because I'm so in over my head. I don't know what they're gonna say, and I'd had so many bad things happen. That mm-hmm. I'm like, I really don't want to hear that I'll never be able to run again, or yeah. I need surgery. Or sorry, you have to do 20 exercises a day. Cause I know I'm not going to do them. Right. Yeah. So I didn't want to hear that it was hopeless. So I go in and he's like, actually, you have like one of the most magic bullet cases I've had in years. Did you have like, piriformis yeah. syndrome? And I don't know. We didn't say that. It was okay. SI joint. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So it never went back. Yeah. So I yeah. just, he goes here, wear this belt. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> You can probably tell me a few more things because you're amazing. Um, but, and I have to do like this, like clamshell exercise yep. uh-huh. and with the belt. And I'm like, yeah. I well, and that's it. the thing. Yeah. With, and, and I think, you know, with certain experts in certain fields, like we feel like there's this huge chasm and like, well, if I'm going to like fix this problem that I have or this struggle that I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with right now, it's going to be this really big, long process to get there. And I'm just not ready to start that process, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's what we, expect. you know, if someone had told you two years ago, like, actually it's just this one thing. And if you do this one exercise and that's, um, one of my most recent products it's called the back fix program. Like it's literally eight minutes a day that walks you through in clamshells is one of the exercises. And, and I teach you over the course of 30 days, how to fix your back and hip pain for good, like gone. And I've had people tell me like, after just one week, they're like, I don't have to take Advil anymore. Like I've been taking, I've been popping Advil for two years because of my back or my hip pain. And just after one week of this, they're like, if I had known this, <laughs> like just a week, oh my goodness. And I, but bringing it back full circle, is just like reminding ourselves, like things that might seem scary because it's just out of our genius zone. It's outside of the realm of what we're familiar with and comfortable with does yeah. not mean that it's going to be scary once you step in and it could actually be full of blessing and freedom and beauty. And yeah. so a stepping- lot less scary, a yes. lot less scary, all the yeah. fears that you go into it with it's so much, it's so much less scary when you actually begin. And the, mm-hmm. the fact that I still haven't learned this just blows me away. So it's just, I like, know, I know. So Canada wrap up. Um, if you were 
Smite, and I didn't ask you this question earlier, so I'm going to put you on the spot. If you could write one thing on a billboard for all the other moms that are listening to see, like driving past every day, this is something that she sees and reads every day. What would you want to write on that billboard for her? Oh gosh, it'd be something that I needed to see. Um, it's like be kind to yourself, mm. grace upon grace upon grace. Yeah. For me, when I mess up or do something silly, like wait almost three years to go see PT or have a best friend that has a program that in a week I could have not had back or hip pain. It, it's like, I beat myself up later. And I think that just knowing that when, when I feel that grace or I feel that like, okay, we all are in this together. Yeah. It's like, I, I feel way more open to diving into the next scary thing. Yeah. Because if, again, it's that building, it's like, okay, it's not that scary once I start. And, you know, knowing that there's grace when I fall or when I wait too long or, you know, mess up, just knowing that, that there's a safety net there that I get to try again. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, and then that we're all in this together, all of us women, like, yeah. you know, there's no competition here. It's like, how can we all lift one another up and play together and help one another and learn from one another. It's just so grace and being kind. I think the more I feel that in my day, the more it comes out of my pores and everything. Yeah. I love that. Well, Sarah, how can we continue to connect with you, learn more, find your book, tell us, yeah. tell us all the things. Well, Instagram um, definitely probably has like the most updated you know, mm-hmm. news flashes. Um, and I've got a link in my profile, which is just the mintgardener.com. And mm-hmm. that has all, that's kind of the, the middle of the wheel, right? The website that exists just to make me legitimate, but really, why is it there? Um, so <laughs> it has links. It's wonderful. But yeah, you can find all my books. You can really, you can find all of my books at like whatever your favorite book um, vendor is. I would mm-hmm. you know, Just that you find your favorite local bookstore and then tell them about my books if they're not carrying them and then they can carry them. Um, But yeah, I have three books, um, two watercolor and one is a coloring book. Um, I teach uh, regular classes. We've got them all virtually and online right now. We've got a really nice library built that all can be found through my website. Um, Yeah, I think that's probably, that's excellent. Yeah. That's exciting. I just know that we are going to learn so much more from you and I can't wait to see all of our cute 10 minute paint creations up on the walls. It'll be so joy filled. Well, thank you so much for being with us. This has been such an honor, Sarah. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It's so lovely as always. Okay. I could have gone on and on and continue to chat with her forever. And actually we did. As soon as I stopped recording, like we just kept going. We had so much to catch up on. I was telling her about her back and hip pain. She was telling me more about her artwork. But I really feel like this conversation had some big takeaways for me and hopefully for you too. I think for those of us that wouldn't consider ourselves artists or have never really dabbled in it before. It can easily just seem frivolous and maybe a waste of time, waste of important resources, but honestly, nothing could be further from the truth, right? 
This other level of self-care is so important for us women. The way we take care of our bodies as moms must also include so much more than just regular workouts and healthy meals. We also need moments where we can do something that allows us to step back and marvel at something lovely that we just accomplished, whether that's painting a flower for 10 minutes or planting a flower pot. My challenge to you is to, first of all, go get Sarah's latest book, Watercolor Workbook, and just give it a try. She tells you in there exactly what paints and what brushes to buy, and that's all you need. But at the very least, have the courage now to go do something that fills your cup and blesses you without feeling guilty. Okay? Give yourself grace and go do it. All right. Until next week. Be strong.